Hi, I'm Neil Wilcoxon, and welcome to the SDA Podcast. Today we'll be talking about a variety of topics, but first let's start with school news with Alex Smith. Right now I'll be reading you the SDA school news for this current week. Uh, tomorrow's late start. School doesn't start till 9.30. I'll probably be using this to get breakfast and, uh, you know, probably do some homework I procrastinated on. Uh, Thursday's the bazaar. Well, you'll have uh, the ability to buy all these sorts of wonderful things your fellow classmates have made. It's in the senior court. Bring monies and hopefully eat some scrumptious vegan cupcakes that are normally there. Uh, Friday's extended homeroom where you can vote to... Uh, you can vote for the ASB council people that run the school, kind of, I think. Not really sure about all that, but you can vote into the next week. It'll be exciting. People will win, people will lose. Uh, Friday is also the last day to turn in senior ads. Turn them in where you turn them in. Uh, next Tuesday, grades are available on Aries for the progress reports. So make sure you make up all your tests and quizzes as soon as you can. Get it all in there so your parents don't yell at you. Uh, if you want to have, oh, Friday at 5.30, JNHS is hosting a movie night in the Media Center. The movie is Summer Wars. Uh, I've not seen this movie, but I hear it's quite good. And there will be food and drink to purchase there. It's normally a very fun event. I personally will be there on Friday. So come by and say hi. If you have an event that you'd like announced on the podcast, send a message to the SDA Podcast Facebook page with details including the date, time, location, and hosting organization of the event. Until next time, this has been the SDA News. And now we'll move on to the Nerdvana portion of our podcast with Austin Chester, Riley Murphy, and Alex Smith. Welcome to the Nerdvana portion of the SDA Podcast. I'm your host as usual. Alex Smith. Today I am joined by friend of the show and all-around neat individual, I'm Austin neat, Chester. Guys. Yeah. Hi, I'm Austin. Nice to meet you again. This is my second time here. And Mr. Producer Riley Murphy. Hi, that's me. Today we're going to be talking about some hackings that have gone on recently. Uh, we've got the infamous now Lizard Squad claiming more, more hacking attacks on the the PSN network and most recently, the Xbox Live. Lizard Squad really is a joke of a hacking group. They claim to be shutting down program uh, like um, uh, services that are notoriously known to be glitchy and kind of buggy. They keep claiming. Yeah, but that they also just like server spam like League and stuff and shut it down. Yeah, the DDoS attacks. <laughs> They're funny. So do they call themselves the Lizard Squad because <laughs> over the internet you don't know what sort of animal people are? <laughs> I guess so. That makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, they have what an official of mascot now. It's, it's one of their pets. They just yeah. took a picture of it. It's a lizard. And it is, okay, just making sure. I was kind of hoping it'd be like a cat or something. <laughs> we all were too. <laughs> lizard squad, here's our, here's our uh, mascot. It's whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, all of the attacks that the lizard squad has supposedly been carried out has not been corroborated by anyone. No, they always, they always um, uh, they, they're actually a great, if you follow their Twitter, at Lizard Patrol, why not Lizard at Lizard Squad? I guess it was already taken. It's really great to know if your current like Xbox Live or your, your PSN or if, if Steam is down. It's a really great way to know that because that's pretty much all they tweet and also the word lol a lot. They're pretty much a bunch of lobotomites that claim <laughs> they claim crashes that no one knows they actually did. Like they claim to crash GTA Online all the time, and that's just a notoriously buggy 
situation. No, it's the, all their fault. It's all their fault. Clearly, the so wait, couldn't it, couldn't it just be? Here's a thought. Couldn't it be that the system is vulnerable and they are doing things, and that yes, the system is vulnerable, but it's still their fault that it's happening. It's certainly possible. But considering how we, their, um, uh, their official Twitter normally doesn't tweet anything out until five or six minutes after the, the uh, thing has okay. crashed, and they've never like, come out and be like, in five days, we're going to be hacking PSN because we're the Lizard Squad and we're hardcore. Ugh. Do you think it's they talk about that? because they're not Mr. Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they don't claim their attack. They don't, they don't forewarn their attacks, thus we, we don't actually know if it was them. They also have the FBI on their cases because a few months back when they hacked them, uh, supposedly hacked the PSN network, they also claimed that the president of Sony's airplane had a bomb on it, which oh, grounded, and grounded it. it. Yeah, yeah, for several hours. So now the FBI is after them rather than before. They would have just kind of been like, oh, look at them, they're annoying. And now onto some sports news with Kate Shapiro, Bo Templin, and Dustin Sleet. Hey everyone, I'm Kate, and I'm Bo. And today you're listening to the Kate and Bo Sports Show. Today in our studio, we also have basketball and baseball player Dustin Sleet. How are you doing today, Dustin? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a good two weeks, big start to the season. Haven't performed as well as we'd like to quite yet, but we're getting there. Uh, so how long have you been playing? I've been playing basketball for about six years, which, I mean, believe it or not, kind of puts me behind because guys like Bo and other kids on our team have been playing since... Like, there were five or six, but I started when I was in seventh grade. And your position? I play shooting guard, which is kind of like the other guard position. There's the point guard, and then there's shooting guard, so. Awesome. All right, and uh, Dustin, when you're, you know, at home watching, give us a favorite team, college and pros, favorite player, uh, and why? Uh, favorite college is definitely SDSU right now. That might change next year when I go away to college, obviously. But both my parents went there. Love going to basketball games. They're really fun, really great environment. Um, favorite pro team is the Golden State Warriors. Love Steph Curry. He's a great shooter, great player. They're playing super well right now, 18-2, and two, so they've been a lot of fun to watch. Awesome. And um, so going back to, I guess, SDA's team, what do you think like your strengths and weaknesses are um, when you're playing for SDA's team and then the team as well? I think that my strengths and weaknesses is it's like a role player kind of thing. So I'm more of a shooter than a dribbler or anything like that. And I like to play defense too. So I'm kind of but I like to play both ends of the floor, but only certain aspects. So that's my strengths and weaknesses. For the team, I think we're a defensive-minded team. And then for offense, we want to get out and transition, shoot a lot of threes. So that's our goal. Um, weaknesses, we have trouble scoring at times against bigger teams. We're also, and like I said, we're undersized. So that creates some issues. And that's kind of been the what's caused our slow start. But it is what it is. Definitely. Um, expectations for the year. Um, I know you said we, we started off slowly, but... You know, what do we hope to finish up at? What are your personal expectations as a player and as a team? Well, I mean, I think as a team with our new coach and the expectations that he brings in, I think we want to get to a championship, whether it's D3 or D4. We're not really sure where we're going to end up, but we want to make playoffs, make a run, kind of like a Cinderella-type story type thing, and then make it all the way to the championship game and hopefully win and go on to state. I mean, it's high expectations, but that's what we want to do. And as, like, as a senior, just want to have a lot of fun, 
win a couple games, start a couple games, do just have the senior high school basketball experience. And now on to some politics with Riley Murphy and Dylan Hendrickson. Hi, I'm Riley Murphy. I'm here with Dylan Hendrickson. We're going to be talking about politics. Hello, Riley. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the recent report that came to the Congress about the CIA and their methods of interrogation, as they called it. So just a little bit of information on that. Dylan, do you want to give us some background? Um, sure. I have read a little bit about this. Um, no by means an expert. But basically what the report says is that after 9-11, uh, the CIA started uh, an interrogation, a massive interrogation program of uh, of like suspected Al Qaeda, so people with suspected Al Qaeda links, and uh, used enhanced interrogation techniques. Uh, despite previous many reports in the years past saying that you know, techniques like waterboarding and uh, forcing prisoners to dress naked and like in cells do not provide valuable information. Yeah, and so a lot of the things that they gained from these reports and, and what we basically learned from this uh, talk with the Senate mostly was that basically they were in fact torturing accused terrorists and yeah. it did not work, which was something that wasn't exactly shocking for a lot of people to hear. Yeah, especially like, I don't know, the whole finding of this, especially after the, um, especially after like the Edward Norton release, Snowden, yeah, yeah. sorry, um, release, is that like recently we've been finding like that, like, you know, the, after like the whole paranoia of like, you know, 9-11 and the war of terrorism has been dying down, these, you know, these new documents and realize that like, that, there was a lot of things going on in the government that even like our like the top level of like you know our presidency didn't really know um, exactly what was going on. Yeah, and so that's what one of the reports said that uh, although the program started in two thousand two, mm -hmm. the president at the time was Bush. He did not actually know about the details of what was happening until two thousand six. And I think just like everybody else, uh, there were plenty of things pointing to it, but he wasn't quite sure. He was just like every other American in that sense, which was sort of interesting. And so just sort of taking a shift, talking about the actual people who were using these, quote, enhanced interrogation tactics. So talking about them, we actually hear two interesting sides of the story, which was one, that a lot of these, uh, these CIA employees, people that were uh, there performing these different actions, really did not have a lot of oversight. They had the ability to do a lot of what they wanted to do, but yeah. they didn't want to do these things. What they were forced to do was terrible things that, in fact, a lot of people didn't want to do. And I know that you read about some Yeah, there narratives. are a lot of reports about like CIA interrogators actually almost bursting into tears because of what they were forced to do um, and due to these prisoners. Yeah, so it's it fairly devastating on both ends. I mean, it's, it, does make a lot of sense that when you're being told to do these things, you're, you're working with people who are very high up as far as power goes. And so there's this, a as sort well of As well as like having a you know, strong sense of duty to your country. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of factors pushing you to do these things. And it comes to a point that there's a lot of these psychological aspects that are building in mm -hmm. of forcing you to do this. And in a sense, it's just their 
although they are the ones performing these actions, they're victims of it as well, which makes it into a whole other sense that not only were we torturing people, uh, that not only was American the CIA t torturing people who were accused of terrorism, but they were actually doing terrible psychological damage to our own American citizens and people who were trusted to have the intelligence of our nation in their hands. Yeah. So there's two very interesting sides to this story about how when it comes to any political actions, it's, uh, it's I think if it was pre-planned for Bush to, to keep himself out of the know, that was a very smart move on his behalf because it makes it so that he really can't be, people can't push responsibility onto him about this. And that's about it for the SGA podcast. Make sure to find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.